Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides. That's my actual job title and last name, which is part of the reason why the mathematical model that I have built to predict various sports outcomes is affectionately known as Sideline. Know more about the model during the course of this episode set to cover the seven best college basketball games and one off the wall game scheduled to be played on Wednesday, February 15th, 2023. We have a jam-packed show for you. Cannot wait to get to it. Kitchen here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new for some explanations and community rules. See the Google Sheet linked in the show description for sidelines projections on every single game. Remember, this show covers picks on the best games for the best picks on all games. Sign up on Patreon or Blackbook Sports. There are different packages and price ranges based on your needs. Remember, sports are unpredictable, so the discussion on this show is projecting a typical game and not trying to forecast it to a T, as that would be a foolish and impossible goal. We take a long-term view around here and don't get distracted when a team either can't hit or can't miss from three. So those things bounce on the long run, but are hard to foresee before they happen. In other words, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say we'll be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, uh, profitable Monday to start the week here on our, on my five show picks, uh, Miami two weeks in a row, two Mondays in a row, making us proud. Do it. Yeah. Do it. Do it as well. You know, looking like a wagon out there the way they're playing, man. That's ooh. and Baylor too. I mean, I, I, I feel like that was as a Baylor fan, I was very pleased with that performance as a Baylor backer last night. I was pleased with that performance. Uh, you know, getting the big man back. Uh, after a year injury uh, has been huge for them. If you look at some of the advanced metrics on how the team has played with him on and off the court, I mean, that really helps him out. He, he, he helps them defensively, helps them down low in huge ways. And uh, Keontae George, you know, last night didn't even shoot the ball that much, just, you know, distributing and saying, let the other guys do their thing, but he can also get it done when needed. Uh, they're really coming together. I'm not sure how deep of a run they can make, but they, they look really good right now, which is exciting. And, um, Texas, zigging and zagging with Texas, faded them last Monday, backed them on Saturday, faded them on Monday. So I feel like we've done pretty well with that one. Uh, they run into a little bit of a bustle. Texas Tech, having some life. I mentioned on the show, I said, hey, they got to get this win. If they want to make the tournament, like they they're three in a row at home, like not out of the question. Hey, you know, they, they finished out strong here and have a win or two in the Big 12 tournament. I'm, you're going to start looking at 100% Big 12, which I don't know that the committee would do it. But they would have the argument for it. For doing yeah, it. I don't think I don't think they will. But I do agree that the, that I think Tech was the one that they were losing all the games. It was pretty easy to be like, ah, they, they you shouldn't make it, right? But yeah, at some point you have to consider nine, maybe ten. I mean, it's such a deep conference, uh, especially now that again one of the bottom teams in Tech is, is starting to look good. So a lot of a lot of wins over Iowa State and Texas now, like yeah, and Kansas State look like a decent resume. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so a lot of a lot of fun things on Monday. Tuesday games haven't happened yet, so we'll see how those go uh, later in the evening. Of course, we're 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 unsure how well we did on Tuesdays. Uh, hopefully, it was good. Uh, but we'll go ahead and talk about Monday's slate here. Get you some early action. And but before we get to that, some reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. I've already mentioned the Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet. Lots of great benefits to be found over there above and beyond what we do here. Three dollars per month gets you the play of the day on deeper slates, multiple plays of the day. For two dollars a month, you get all the model picks and access to the Discord chat group, which is the place 
to interact with us and get questions answered about these or other games or other sports. Lots of people in there are dropping tips on how to bet other sports. It's a lot of fun. I think you're well worth your price of admission. And for five more dollars a month, you get ad free shows and immediate access to all the plays and the shows, everything. Go to www.patreon.com slash professor for more details. But even if you're not there, still thrilled to have you here. Let's get to it. But as always, take what you like and leave the rest. Jake, we're going to start off with a, uh, a game that I'm super excited about that might fly under people's radar here. America East battle, UMass Lowell and Bryant. You've got a 20 and seven UMass Lowell team, a 16 and nine Bryant team. These are the two top teams in this conference. Almost assuredly, you never know how conference tournaments play out, but you have to assume one of these two teams is going to be representing the conference in March Madness. They're both a lot of fun. They're both pretty decent. They're not, they're probably going to be, if I had to guess, I'd say like these would be the 16 seeds that avoid the play in game right now, would be kind of where we'd look at that. But they're not bad teams and they're a lot of fun. Bryant plays at a blistering pace. Both teams have good offenses okay defenses not great there's a reason why this total is 155 and a half models is 156.3 so even that high number the model would still lean over i'm gonna grab the two and a half points with umass lowell sideline says this is a true 50 50 coin toss game i think umass lowell's the better team but on the road don't know what happens give me plus two and a half give me plus 115, 120, whatever it may be on the money line if that's the, the way you like to play it, split your wager i think it, who the heck knows what's going to happen uh, so give me the dog in this one. It should be a great contest. Jake, are you buying, selling, or passing? Look, I'm buying this. I'm even more on it than you. I think UMass is a pretty much better team here. Um, it's going to have an incredibly fast pace. So that that over, I kind of like the over. Nothing too heavy, but I, I like it. Because UMass got a very good offense with a glaring weakness where they turn the ball over like crazy. Um and about an average defense that fouls too much and gives up too many open threes, which fits right into Bryant's how Bryant's offense goes. Uh, they're, but they've got a better offense and a worse defense than UMass Lowell, so I think that's where the difference is. They get to the line a lot, make a lot of free throws, or make a lot of them 76%, but they don't force a lot of turnovers. So the weakness UMass Lowell has is not uh, really going to hurt them too much here. There's just like the last matchup with 98-79, and Charles Pride just had no help for Bryant. He's an exceptional player. He was a great player last year. Now he's the key to that offense, and he's very, very good, but he's just not got enough help. Their poor defense is what's going to let you mess a little hang around and let, let up a billion points. Yeah, you said, like you said, this, so UMass almost got to 100 the first matchup, and obviously that was at home, not on the road. But I think you made a great point there that UMass Lowell's weakness, not really something that Bryant is going to be able to exploit, that's going to allow UMass Lowell to score a ton of points, and that should be what gets them the victory in our mind. Also at 7 p.m. Eastern, Xavier and Marquette. I am reluctantly taking the five and a half points with Xavier. It's really about the number in this case. I I, I hate fading Marquette, but Xavier's not a bad team, even though they're not a hundred percent with Fremantle out. They're still decent enough. I, I you know, there's an argument to be made that you know they can kind of plug and play, and they don't really take that big of a hit. Marquette's a really good team, but five and a half is just too much in my opinion. Sideline says this should be Marquette minus 4.9. So on this side of five, I'm going to take Xavier. Um, again, reluctantly, I just think it's too many points. I think they can hang around. It should be a great game. You've got two fantastic offenses and two defenses that aren't bad. Two defenses that I feel like, you know, we've gotten so much more offense in college basketball this year. You know, 
last year these two defenses would have rated out as average this year they actually rate out as kind of good because of the increase in scoring but these are offenses are part of the reason why there's an increase in scoring they are both incredibly efficient there should be a lot of pace in this one jake the total in this one is 159 and the model says 164 what are your thoughts on this one yeah look i love the total as i'm all over the total barely lean the other way like it's not that I'm going to be too heavily invested in. I just really like Marquette with the way they're playing right now. Yeah. But, I mean, this is my probably favorite game of the night. All the pace in the world, two very good offenses going at it. It should be the, one of the more entertaining games. What's crazy is Marquette's got the better, more efficient offense. They rank second in, uh, second in effective field goal percentage, first in two-point percentage, and they hit a pretty decent chunk of threes, and they shoot a ton of them. They're hitting 35% almost 36% of their threes, and they shoot and a lot. Um, they work extremely well together, but and they shoot a ton of threes. But Xavier's offense, very, very good, just right behind them. Um, their advantage is the three ball where they rank like second in the nation. They're hitting more than 40% as a team. Um, wow. Defense lets them down a little bit, but they've got the offensive rebounding. With I mean, even without Fremantle, they've still got the better offensive rebounding that will make up for what misses they have and help balance out the bad mark bad defense they have but marquette not really going to prevent them from the offensive rebound i just think they've got enough to do it to get the victory and cover it but nothing i'm gonna be very invested in but both teams defense has really dropped in uh conference play pretty pretty much uh, a large amount they've fallen off offensive state relatively the same level uh, turnovers and offensive rebounds what's going to decide the game. But either way, I think there's going to be just a ton of points in this one. A lot yeah. of fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. Definitely a game that's going to be on my television set. Um, you know, I, I think – I think I could be wrong here. I think we're getting a little bit of value on Xavier because I think people are maybe overreacting to that Friday night game against Butler. Butler shot – I don't remember. From, I, I think their threes weren't as good, but from two, they shot like 60 some odd percent from two and, and 65% or something from two. And, and it's just a situation where, and it's kind of like you said, the defense has let them down a little bit, but that's not what you expect from Butler. And, and, you know, that was kind of an abnormal performance there. And on top of that, you kind of do expect Marquette to shoot like that from two. So if they do like, that's okay. Right. That the pace is going to be there and Xavier should score a lot of points. So it's one of those things where I, I just, I think people are overreacting that a little bit. Again, this is one of those where models is 4.9. I would say four and a half or five is probably the good number. So just a tiny bit of value on Xavier. Not a lot, not what I'm running to the window on, right? There's a few games that, that I would be right. But this one's one where I'm kind of like, I just, I think at five and a half, you get a little, bit of value again i think it should be four and a half or five that butler game again kind of an ab abnormality there but uh you know i kind of lean one way you kind of lean the other way but i think we're both <laughs> loving the over on this anything south of 160 just seems like a gift it feels like this game's gonna fly into the 160s unless both teams just go absolutely cold uh from three and, and we don't see that a lot and there should be enough pace that sh there should be enough time to balance that out if there's some misses right there's there should be enough happening to overcome that so again models is 164 on the total so we're really loving the over there and again that we are not loving the over alabama at tennessee uh i don't know how many how long it, tennessee under is just the gift that keeps on giving i, I don't even I, it's like full stop right that's all i have to say move on to the next game right <laughs> it's really. that simple it's that simple. The total is 144 and a half. I don't understand why. I just don't understand. Um, model says 138. I, I love this under. 
Um, Alabama Auburn this weekend was an easy under as well in, in a situation where, again, we talk about Alabama, they play with pace and they have a great offense, but like that defense is pretty dang good. And people overlook how good that defense is just because of the pace. Tennessee not going to play with that pace, not going to have that sort of offense. It, it, you know, I just think 144 and a half is way too many points. Um, the Tennessee unders have been working so great for us. They're going to go over at some point. It's not going to win every single night, right? Don't put your mortgage on it. But I just think under is a really smart play. Again, I think this total, I think Bama totals and Tennessee totals have both been a little bit inflated here as of late. And so I, 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 I the under makes a lot of sense. With regards to the side, sideline says Tennessee minus 2.8. So the model says that two and a half is a pretty good number. I just don't see it. I, this Tennessee team just doesn't look right. Uh, they look kind of like UConn looked about a month ago when they started just not being right. And, and that took them a while to kind of get out of that funk. Obviously, Tennessee's got some time before the conference tournament, before March Madness to get right. But they just don't look great. And when you're not looking great, you know what you don't want to see is the team that might be the best team in the country in Alabama. Alabama does look right. They just had that one game against Oklahoma. But other than that, they are just an unstoppable train at this point. I don't really understand why we're getting points with Alabama. I love the plus two and a half. I love the plus odds. This is what I am running to the window on. I feel like even though it is at Tennessee and it will be a great home crowd, I feel like I would take Alabama minus one, minus two, just because I just the way they're playing and the way Tennessee's playing, I just need to be proven otherwise that something's going to change. If you look at the totality of the season, this line makes sense. But like we just haven't seen the teams we're getting right now aren't what we saw back in November, December. The teams we're getting now, I think Alabama can win this game on the road, despite being a tough place to play. Uh, Jacob, you've been out there. What's your response to all that? Like, I totally agree with both plays. Love the under. Love Alabama. This is just the Tennessee team since beating Texas is just struggling. They've lost three of the four. I mean, two of those were buzzer beaters, but I mean, but they were games that they should have run away in. Vandy shouldn't have been that close. And then giving up 80 to Missouri was nuts. Uh, And then I'm not even sure you can count the win against Auburn as a real win since it scored 46 points. the pace is just not like Alabama's pace is going to push Tennessee and make them uncomfortable. Um, and if they make any kind of mistakes that they have been, Alabama is going to feast on it. Uh, uh, Tennessee's defense is still very, very good, but you've got their probably their two of their best defenders, maybe at least two of their better defenders um, that are supposedly going to play. I, I don't know. Um, they've been practicing with Josiah Jordan James and Brandon Phillips. But if those guys aren't at 100%, Alabama has a lot of holes they can pick. Um, Tennessee's offense clearly not there. I mean, it, it could show up again. It's shown up before, but mm-hmm. not not one of those ones I'm expecting. I, I expect this to be 5-10 to 10 point game for Alabama uh, and well under this 144.5. I just don't think Tennessee's got – the horses to run with them and they don't want to run. So they're going to try to slow it down. And if those two guys are hurt, I don't think they've got the offensive talent to keep up, even though like Alabama's defense doesn't force turnovers, not going to get them a ton of extra possessions that way. But, and like Tennessee needs that. And without two of their better defenders, it's going to be bad because Tennessee's like effective field goal percentage is like ranks in like the almost average. And that's not going to help you here against Alabama. Yes, yeah, it's not going to help you in, in, in a power conference. not going to help you against the number one team in the country, right? It, it, you know, if you're in a smaller conference, it's not bad, right? But it, but for yeah. this, it, it's not good. And, uh, yeah, obviously, you know, you talk about that Missouri game. That was the most recent one, and that game went flying over the total. It was the only Tennessee over I think we've had in, in quite some time. Um, the, the difference 
there though i think is missouri also plays fast but has doesn't really have a good defense yeah and so i think that's the you know tennessee was saying hey we can exploit this defense and they did they scored a lot of points alabama's defense is very underrated though I, I just i don't know why we aren't talking more about this alabama defense it is insanely good especially in an era like we just talked about with so many really good offenses it's one of the few great defenses and tennessee's obviously got one but alabama's got the offense to go with it um houston kind of in that same boat great defense great offense but there just aren't many teams that can really pair on both purdue right great defense but offensively a little bit more challenge it kind of all runs through ed and he's great but they they don't really have a lot of help there right Bama, one of the few teams with great offense and great defense. And and that's the difference here, I think, between this game and the Missouri game where that game was a shootout. And this one, I think if Tennessee tries to get into a shootout, that it just does not seem like it's going to be a wise move. They're going to try to slow it down. Bama's going to try to speed it up. And, and I think they will speed up Tennessee because getting Tennessee into the 60s has been something that hasn't been the easiest thing to do as of late. <laughs> right? And so I think, you know, this feels like a first to 70 kind of thing wins. And I just think Alabama's that team. So I think we're, we're kind of aligned here on this one, Alabama and the under in that one. One more SEC game to cover here, 9 p.m. Eastern, Arkansas at Texas A&M. But I'll lay the two and a half with the Aggies. Um, both these teams have been playing pretty well of late. I've been impressed with Arkansas. They're potentially going to get a key player back here going forward. Don't really expect that to make as much of an impact right now, but that is of note for them, of course, going into the tournament. Uh, but I just really like this Texas A&M team, the way they've been playing. It's been a a really good run. They're they're a team that kind of right now is projected to be at that, you know, 11 seed or, or something like that. And I just got to tell you, they are a team I do not want any part of in the first round, uh, you know, second round either. I, I want to avoid them because they look really good, look much better uh, than that seeding. Who knows if that AM team shows up, but the AM team we've been getting as of late is really good at home. I think they can win. I like laying a short number. I'd lay two and a half. I'd lay three. I wouldn't lay more. I'd rather lay two. If this gets to two, I'm a lot more excited about it. But at two and a half, I still think the Aggies are a smart investment. Total is 142. Sidelines is 142.7. This one should be interesting because AM's going to want to slow it down. And we've seen Arkansas really have the propensity to try to do the opposite of what you want to do. And so if Arkansas really has their handle on this pace i think they're going to try to really speed AM up so it will be kind of a battle of styles as i think arkansas try to make every game and i think it's worked really well for them um but this AM team everything's worked really well for them and so i'm just going to back the hot hand here the hotter hand here and the aggies laying two and a half at home uh jakey buying or selling look i'm buying that look this is going to be a, <clears throat> a repeat of the mississippi state game for arkansas uh Texas A&M just has a better offense than mississippi state not as good of defense but like the injuries have really derailed what could have been a great season for Arkansas. Um, I know Nick Smith Jr. came back, played I think 17 minutes, but he did not look comfortable. Um, and and I think it's it's probably going to be a little bit before yeah. he really See, makes his mark on the game. Yeah, I mean he hasn't played consistent basketball in a while, um, especially not at this level. It's going to be tough. He's a great player, just not going to be that useful yet. Um, Texas A&M, not a great three-point shooting team. Don't need it. They avoid taking them because they run everything through the big man marble, which helps them tremendously because he is a very good passer as long as a very good scorer. So it really helps how their their assist-to-field goal made ratio. It makes it really hard to guard them. Um, They also shoot the free throw line like crazy. They get there all the time because you play their big guy, a lot of fouls. They make an incredible percentage of them and Arkansas fouls a lot on the defensive end. I mean, like Texas A&M second in the nation at 
25 and a half uh, or 25 and a half free throw attempts a game, like right there, getting around on there. And then Arkansas is fouling about 29 times a game. They're going to get to the line, um, make up for the three point shooting. Arkansas is not a three point shooting team. They're actually a worse three point shooting team. They're really going to need the turnovers to feed that offense. And Texas A&M does not give the ball away. Uh, I just don't think Arkansas will be able to keep Texas A&M to the 34% shooting from the floor that they had last time. Um, or Texas A&M going 58% for the free throw line. I don't think those are repeatable. I think Texas A&M, A&M at home will get this game pretty handily. Yeah, Arkansas won the first one by 11, but as you mentioned, and it got and they did exactly what I was talking about. They really sped A&M up and got them out of their game. Um, and A&M took some questionable shots and didn't shoot the ball. Well, you have to imagine at home they're going to get that righted and they're going to be a little more patient, take better shots. You know, you know, shoot a better percentage. You have to assume they're going to make more free throws. Um, like you said, with the way Arkansas plays, they're going to get to the line. Just going to make those free throws now at home. We expect things to go differently. This feels just like a Mountain West game where we just kind of like, oh, I'll just take the home team. Like these teams are all really good. They're all really close. Just take the home team. And that's kind of what I think here. Arkansas got them at home. At a and now, I'm going to take the home team because I just think that is going to be what swings it here. The a and going to be able to play a little bit more of their style, um, not be quite as – they're also – I think the other thing is Arkansas did a good job, I think, of surprising a and because Arkansas was kind of doing a little Jekyll and Hyde act with their pace. Now a and knows exactly what they're going to throw at them. And so you know, having a few days here to prep for that I think should help them be a little more prepared for that this time around. So I like a and here in the rematch. Sticking with the team in the state of Texas here, TCU – at Iowa State, TCU still a little bit banged up here. Um, uh, last game, neither Lampkin nor Miles played. Uh, I'm still assuming Miles is going to be out. He's going to come back at some point whenever it does. Again, it, it won't be 100%. Lampkin, I have no idea if he's going to come back. He, he played a little bit and then I, I guess kind of re-aggravated and or just one of those there's no rush type thing. Then, you know, who knows? At TCU, again, I, I can't say it enough. Maybe, maybe the best team of the Big 12 when fully healthy, at least can make an argument without miles with Lampkin hurts. Miles really hurts. Everything runs through him. I'm going to take Iowa state minus four and a half. Even if those guys come back, like I said, I just don't think they're going to be hundred percent. So we're recording way too far in advance to know by the time you watch this, maybe by the time we get done recording or, or into Wednesday, depending on when you're watching this, we might know a little bit more. Uh, I'll try to retweet anything that I see. If you're on the Twitter, we'll talk about it on the Discord whenever news comes out. But I'm just not sure how much it's going to matter because, again, these guys, when they miss more than just a game or two, they tend to not come back very strong. And so I just think Iowa State at home has played really well all season. TCU, not the same team at this point. I'm going to lay the four and a half with the Cyclones. Model says 3.9, but again, the model's, you know, kind of hedging on the injury situation. It isn't a hundred percent, you know, these guys aren't playing that sort of thing. So I'm not really a hundred percent trusting them all in this. I think if I were to fully tell it where TCU is right now without those two guys, I'm sure it would be a much stronger play on Iowa state. I think lane four and a half, I think lane five is perfectly fine with Iowa state. I think they end up winning this one by double digits to be completely honest. Uh, total on this one is 134. Sometimes it's 131.8, but the model has been underestimating the number of points in these two teams games. Uh, a model would lean under. I might lean under two just a little bit because TCU knows they can't score a lot without Miles, and so that changes their pace a little bit. But it's just not really a total that I think is that great just because you never really know what an injured team is going to do on the road to try to spark something crazy. Instead, I'm just going to focus on the Cyclones minus four and a half. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, I'm totally with you here. I, I just – Shaking my fist at the sky, what could have been with this game? Like it should have been a top tier, top level game instead of getting a very 
hobbled TCU team coming into an incredible defense at Iowa State that plays – it actually has an offense at home but that they don't on the road. I think it's going to get rough for TCU. Um, it's just uh, – man, I just wish this game was both teams fully healthy because this would have been incredible to watch. Uh, so Iowa State is the play. I lean under just because I don't think TCU is going to be able to score enough. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and if, there, if there's any drop on the pace – uh, because of their style of play, that's going to affect it as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm I, I lead under, but yeah, I just like Iowa State here. I, I think fading TCU has been pretty profitable since the Miles injury, and I think it's one of those things where people just I don't know, maybe they're too in too much anticipation that he's coming back. I mean, he obviously is a huge deal, but again, that first game back, I'm just not buying too much into it, and maybe they, they don't think it matters as much. And and we see sometimes where the injuries don't um, affect the team too much. You just never know how good the backups are, how well they can play without them, that sort of thing. It, it, until it happens, you just don't quite know. Or, or we talk about the big man for Baylor, right, coming back, how that's affected them and made them so much better. You just never really know what adding a guy, taking a guy away is going to do. You have some ideas, you have some guesses based off how good a player is, but sometimes you're surprised by the results. And if anything, I was surprised at just how much he mattered. We knew he would matter, but I mean, it's just been night and day uh, without miles for TCU. And again, and like you said, shaking your fist at the sky for sure. All of these TCU games as of late should have been great contests. And instead they're, you know, half the time they're not losing by 20 because they yeah. just aren't the same team. Um, they fought really well at home against Baylor. Uh, couldn't get it done. I mean, I, I'm not sure how much better Baylor is than Iowa State at this point. You know, not by a ton. You flip the game location. Ames is a really tough place to play. I see them having a really hard time in this one. That seemed like their best shot against a rival in Baylor, and they couldn't get it done. I don't see how they win in Ames because it's, again, a really tough place to play. Yeah, I mean, there's probably no rush to get those guys back. TCU's done enough to get in the tournament, get those guys healthy, run them a few minutes when they get in there to keep them in shape and figure, yeah. out, figure it out in the real tournament. Yeah. Uh, speaking of teams, I guess now going to make the tournament. Here we are, Northwestern. Um, <laughs> I, I guess you're in at this point, unless you do something really monumentally stupid. Um, I'm going to lay the point with Northwestern against Indiana. Um, my 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 big hesitation on this play is where are their heads? I mean, you beat the number one team in the country in, in that in that spot. All the eye, you know, the eyes of the nation on you, kind of thing. It, it wasn't like it was a buried game on you know. Big 10 extra or whatever, you know, FS2, you know, it was a, a marquee game. You beat the number one team in the nation. You're kind of like now, unless you do something stupid, you're in the tournament with that win and the way they've been playing just a little bit nervous, about where their heads are is my only hesitation. But I mean, this Northwestern team is, God, they've been kind of pretty decent. We talked about this yesterday, right? It's shocking to say these words and to think this, especially like you said yesterday after what they've lost, but they're not bad. I, I I don't think they're as good as Indiana. I think they're a step behind, but I think at home that makes a big difference. Obviously, they don't have quite the home court edge potentially that like an Indiana would have or some of these other bigger schools. But I still think it's an edge to play at home here in the Big Ten, even though it's a weaker edge than some of the other schools. I think at home, I think Northwestern wins. It's not my favorite play of the night just because a little bit of that fear of you know what they've been hearing all week. But you take that away. And I think the smart play is still Northwestern minus one. Um, Sideline on this one says true coin toss. So it doesn't really help you one way or the other. So we're just have to go with old school handicapping to figure out this one. Total is 135 and a half. Models is 136.3. Not a total that I would invest in one way or the other. Jake, where are you at on this one? Yeah, I'm avoiding the total. I'm laying it with Northwestern against all logic about the letdown and everything like that. I just think the biggest part is Indiana – 
is getting real thin. You still have Xavier Johnson, who's supposed to come back at some point this month, but he's not going to be, like you just mentioned, he's missed a while, so it's not going to be plugging. He's right back to where he was. Uh, you got Logan Duncan that's out with whatever illnesses he's having, and then Race Thompson's questionable, just getting real thin in key spots. They've got the talent to pull this off, but I just don't think they're going to get it done. Northwestern is a very weird offense. Some of their metrics rate out towards the bottom of the NCAA, but the overall efficiency is well up there above average. And it's just weird. I don't know how that's going to, how that works. They, they don't turn the ball over and they make all their free throws. So that's big. And then their defense feeds their offense. They're getting about 5.8 extra chances, scoring chances per game on average. And that goes up to six and a half at home. So maybe that's where it leads out. Cause they force about force their opponents to turn the ball over about 22% of the time. Um, and a lot of those are live ball turnovers and late in the easy buckets. Um, they force a lot of threes. Indiana's defense is good but and should be really good, but they're has shown some weaknesses here of late. Um, and they're one of the worst teams at forcing turnovers in, in their conference. They're losing the turnover battle in the Big Ten and on their Big Ten games. And a large chunk of those are live ball turnovers, too. They're just throwing it away, getting it stolen. Um, they're also fouling a lot, and that's really going to be where this game turns, I think, with the way Northwestern makes free throws and how Indiana likes to play defenses. I mean, uh, Trace Jackson Davis, Ray Thompson, all of them like to block shots. That leads to fouls because you're swatting at things, especially at home. Um, their offense really stepped up, making 40% of the threes, but – they're just not taking a lot of them, and Northwestern's going to force them into that. So I'm not sure how comfortable they are with it. But being at home, the free throws and the injuries, I think Northwestern's the right play. Yeah, I, I guess Race Thompson's going to be back. I don't really know. I was a little surprised. I was caught off guard. I, I think everybody was. It was he's played the last whatever four games, and everything was fine, and then all of a sudden it's out for precautionary reasons. What does that mean? Did, did he re-injure it? I feel like the, I, maybe someone's heard. I have not heard yet. It feels very hush-hush, you know, like maybe there was a re-injury and, and they're just not saying anything, or maybe it was just a little bit of a fatigue, less of an injury, and more of a just take a day off and he'll be back. I have no idea. And, and like you said, it, it's not so much that – he, the one player, is the biggest deal as much as just the totality of the injuries. You know, when when you take one guy out, assuming it's not you know your best all everything player like Miles right for TCU, you know, and he's a he's a very good player. You take one very good player out, you sometimes can handle that. But when you take multiple guys out, now all of a sudden instead of playing your sixth and seventh guys more, now you're under your eighth or your ninth guy or something like that, it gets a lot tougher. So I mean, that's the big question mark in this game is you know who's actually suiting up for Indiana on a night to night basis. I, I really like this IU team the way they've been playing. As of late, but it's like it feels like you're playing with fire with all these injuries, and they got to get healthy here before the stretch if they if they want to make the 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 run in the Big Ten and the NCAA tournament that they want to make. Especially the way Woodson wants to play, he wants to play pressure defense in your face, and you got to have legs to do that, and you got to have subs, and if you don't have subs, it makes it really hard to play that pressure defense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so we're on Northwestern minus one in that one. And we started you off with an off-the-radar game. We still have our overtime game, the, the, the game that you don't want to watch. But we have a late-night off-the-radar game here that you do want to watch. UC Irvine and UC Santa Barbara, another small conference game that should be fantastic out in the Big West. UC Irvine 17-8, and eight, UC Santa Barbara 20-4. and four. I, I've got UC Irvine as the better team though in this game so uh they're on the road getting three i think this is pretty close to a toss-up i lean 
Santa Barbara, but not by much to win, thus getting three points, I think makes a lot of sense. Sideline says Santa Barbara minus two. So getting three points here, I think, is too good to pass up. Again, my bottom line is I think Irvine's just the slightly better team. And so give me the better team on the road when I'm getting a number like this. Again, it's a relatively short road trip, obviously traffic, but it's not like flying across the country. So the home court edges in these big West games often aren't that dramatic as they are in say the WAC where you're flying halfway across the country, even the mountain West with altitude, you know, some of the big, even some of the big 12 teams, you know, really far apart. These these really, or the big crowds in, in, in the SEC or the big 10 or something like that. Right. You know, it's just a game where the home crowd, I don't think is going to be, the home crowd will be good, but it's just, it's not going to be that big, not going to be that long of a trip. I don't think UC Santa Barbara gets a full three points home court edge here. And so I think plus three for UC Irvine is a gift. I really think this number should be about two where the model puts it. So I'm going to ride UC Irvine. I think they're better team. I think they keep it close. It should be a great contest, a little bit more lower scoring. Then the first one we talked about, that was the off the radar game. Total is 136.5. Models is 136.7. So model thinks totals pretty well priced around that average type of game. Not super high scoring, but a great contest. And two teams that now we're talking about whoever wins this conference, possibly one of these two teams. It's, it's a relatively deep Big West. So one of these teams mm-hmm. might not even be the team that makes it out. But if one of these two teams makes it out, you're talking about probably more of a 14 seed, maybe a 13 seed, someone who'd have a chance to pull a first round upset. So it's some good basketball here. I like both these teams. I can't back on both of them. So instead, just give me the dog because I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, three points is a gift, in my opinion. Uh, Jake, you buying, you selling, or you avoiding? I'm avoiding this one. I, I just don't know what to do. I, like, I want it, probably want like UC around at four or mm. Santa Barbara minus one, somewhere in there is where I would play it. But right here is... Very nervous to me on either side of this number. Um, should be an absolute battle from the tip. Like the last time Irvine, Irvine lost by eight at home, but they led it three at half and went cold in the second half. Did they go cold because defense or did they go cold just like couldn't hit all of a sudden? Um, so I, I, that makes me a little nervous. Like Santa Barbara's offense and coverage play has really stepped up. Um I mean, they're stepped up on both sides of the ball, but their offense has really come around. Their slow pace makes it hard to cover numbers at times. Um, so they allow teams to hang on just because there's not as many possessions. Um, I, I don't know what to do with the total either, so I'm probably just avoiding this game altogether. Um, but I think Irvine's a smart play plus the points because I think it'll be a tight game. It's just not one I'm willing to play. And there's nothing wrong with that approach either, right? Just saying, especially if you're up at this time of night saying, I'm going to watch, I'm going to learn, I'm going to get more data to help me feel, see how I feel about these two teams. Because it should be an interesting game. So it should be worth your time, even if you're not invested in it. Uh, yeah, I'm like you, obviously, if you can get four with Urban, that's even better. Um, you know, we got what we got here. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the three and hope, and hope three is enough, right? <laughs> For sure. All right. Well, that'll take us to our overtime segment. Our all are really all, those. We talked about earlier. We talked about off the wall games, but they're good games you want to watch. This is an off the wall game you don't want to watch. Jake, you were on Bradley minus nine at home against Missouri State. Model says nine and a half. Bradley has been overperforming relative to model expectations. Missouri State's been underperforming. So if you kind of take a little bit of interpolation off of that, that minus nine and a half model says maybe it should actually be 10 or 11. I think that's kind of where your head's at, right? You think Bradley wins by about by 10 or 11, something in double digits. Yeah, yeah, totally. Missouri State been very disappointed very disappointing this year. They, they came in like they were supposed to be battling to the top, like probably the one coming out of the Missouri Valley. Um, not happening this year. They they have a below average offense and a defense that is just 
eh, just eh, <laughs> everywhere. Um, they play one of the slowest paces in basketball. They turn the ball over too much. They don't go to the line, and when they do, they miss it. They're hitting right around 60%. Um, and like I said, defense, they're just eh, everywhere. Um, Bradley's on a roll right now. They won six straight. They're really taking care of business. They just absolutely demolished uh, Murray State. They have a very, very good defense and a really good offense. Have some of the same issues with the free throw line, but I don't think it's going to matter uh, with the going against Missouri State because they're just bad everywhere else. Um, they're very, very good at three-point shooting and forcing turnovers. They're going to get all the extra scoring chances. Their defense fouls a lot. Not going to hurt them, as we just pointed out, with Missouri State can't hit the free throws either. Um, they do a good job of uh, getting all their offensive rebounds and keeping the other team off the glass. So all the second chances are going to Bradley. I think Bradley will run out of here 10 to 15 point victory. No disrespect to Indiana State, but I'm a little sad we can't get Bradley and Drake both in the in the March Madness. I, I feel like, you know, and obviously Indiana State or, or one of the other teams in the conference might win the conference tournament. We might get neither, which would be sad, but I feel like both Bradley and Drake are good enough teams and interesting enough teams that I think I'd love to see them both in. I don't think they do, though. I think that the problem is that one of them is going to beat the other one and look better, and the one who loses mm -hmm. is going to have a hard time making a case. So I think it's just unfortunate we can't get both of them. But I, Bradley said, Bradley, a pretty solid team. I'm mm -hmm. saying Drake in that conference as well, I, I think will be great. You've got those two teams that have kind of more risen to the top. Again, no disrespect to Indiana State um, as that third team. But it's it's been an interesting conference and, uh, you know, better mm -hmm. conference than – yeah, than, than some have been um, yeah. that we expected that we had higher expectations of, you know, uh, you know, Atlantic 10, right? You know, no one looking at you. <laughs> Unfortunately, Missouri State, like you said, not doing that. And that's the a little bit of a disappointment for them that they expected to, you know, try to pull the upset and help this, you know, solidify their seating in the conference. And as it is, it feels more like they're just trying to hang around. It feels really unlikely that they're able to pull the upset given the way Bradley's played at home. Maybe at home, you know, they'd have a better chance, but at Bradley, the way Bradley's looking, it doesn't seem like they're going to have a great chance in this one. Unless just, unless they get hot and Bradley goes cold, which again, as always, uh, you know, caveat, you never know yeah. when that happens. Unfortunately, you always hope it happens for you, not against you. Right. Yeah. Like I think in the next few years, Missouri Valley is going to be out there with the mountain West type conference with, because they brought in Murray state who like had their coach and everybody leave. So you can't really count that one. Uh, Belmont, very good team. Uh, obviously Bradley, Missouri state, good teams. Drake's a good team. Indiana state. Could be, they're going to be loaded. I think it's only going to get better for them. But right now, Missouri State, ugh, Bradley should be a very easy winner. All right. Well, that's all that we've got for you here on this episode. Jake, any parting words for the viewer before they get to Wednesday betting action? No, no. Just hopefully Tuesday goes well enough to recover from all the Valentine's Day spending. <laughs> there, there you go. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy all the sports betting content provided on this channel. Let's drop right into your feed. Be back again tomorrow with more college basketball betting tips. And until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.